I was at the I was at the gas station the other day and pulled the pulled the gas handle out and looked and my finger was uh, indexed and I'm like, oh, that's good good trigger discipline. So yeah. do the same thing with a stapler, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a skill that we must learn. Absolutely, Most definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. like as we were kids, this is how we did it, right? Bang bang. Unless you're wealthy, maybe you had a double barrel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to answer that. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode of Meet the Pressers is brought to you by Saber Red, Got Your Six, PowerTac Flashlights, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory. And Clint Macro. And today, our special guest is Mr. Derek Poole. What's going on, guys? Welcome, Derek. How you doing, brother? Good. So, so uh, we wanted you on the show for many reasons. Uh, you're a colleague and friend of mine and actually a mentor and I wanted to uh, kind of pay tribute to you and say thank you for all that you've done to help me develop professionally. But also, you're now the new co-host of, of Training Talk on Personal Defense Network. And I'm hosting you for a, for a class up here in uh, New Kensington outside of Pittsburgh. So I'd like to talk about that, too. So what Absolutely. do you have going on? What do you have going on today? Uh, today is actually a down day. The wife's out of town, so I'm playing house husband. I'm not on the road. A weekend at home by yourself. You're batching it. Exactly right. <laughs> trying to keep the house clean so I don't get in trouble when, when the wife gets home. Nice to, have, nice to have those down days, isn't it? Absolutely. They don't come often enough. I hear you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started as becoming an educator who helps to empower our fellow citizens? I got out of the Marine Corps in about right around 2000. My, it was my actual EAS. I you know did active, then active reserve, and then EAS. Right around 2000, went and got my first concealed carry permit. And a guy in Maryland who had worked with Blackwater and work for the State Department doing overseas security stuff. Just asked me, did you ever think about teaching? And I said, eh, I don't know, maybe. And uh, I started mentoring with him. That's how I ended up getting started. Got some NRA certi- certificates to teach and spent a uh, good eight years working under him at a Maryland Firearms Training Group. And then I met Rob and started working with Rob and he mentored me for a long time. And that's since about 2000, <laughs> a long time. Yeah, you, you're the person that takes care of things when there's fires that, uh, that erupt in Rob's world. I've, I've come to learn that. I see yeah. that too. The, the, I think the, my official title there is Outside Instructor Liaison. So, Outside Instructor, okay. That's like food and beverage director? Is that... Exactly right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Just he covers everything that needs to be covered. Yep, and then some. You're teaching the uh, let's see, Intuitive Defensive Carbine class. That's the one you're going to be doing here in August here in uh, New Kensington. Can you tell us a little bit about that class and exactly what's going to happen? We're doing a two-day formatted class here. I love doing the two-day format. I'm going to Reno and doing a one-day. Uh, the two-day gives me more reps with the students as well as lets us cover some additional stuff, you know, like uh, when to transition to a pistol, get more in-depth with the unorthodox stuff. But, you know, it's, it's based off of the Combat Focused Shooting Intuitive Defensive Shooting Program, right? We apply those concepts and principles that we use on the handgun and we just roll them over into the rifle now the rifle you know to the untrained seems like this complicated system but it's really just a complex system once you learn it right it's a little it's more complex than most handguns 
but you know we cover up setting up the rifle what type of sling to use that kind of stuff and then we jump right into you know the actual shooting and and talking about you know kinesthetic alignment with a rifle and how it's different from a pistol how it helps with deviation control and then we just start building skills and start layering them on from there so it's a lot of fun cool i'm definitely looking forward to it so a lot of the people that are that are interested in the class they've talked to me and and i think some people think that this is a an entirely an advanced class can anyone sign up for it absolutely yeah this is and that's the great thing right is it doesn't matter if you're the first time you've ever picked up an ar or this is your fifth ar class right i i can challenge the whole line and educate the whole line you know so the new shooter it's a great starting place for them yeah and when you look at being able to to reiterate and do that training over and over, you're just you're just rebuilding it. You're brushing off the cobweb. So I, I totally agree with you in that. I, I've had some people say, "Well, I'm going to go to Sig Sauer and take a class." I'm like, "Well, when are you going?" I'm I'll go with you. And they're like, "You could teach it." And I'm like, "Hey, if I can learn one thing from it, it's valuable." So. Right. I absolutely totally agree with that. You know, I I take the class. The tour started the tour this year. Um, Rob did the normal. Uh, intuitive defensive shooting. Then he did the intuitive defensive carbine. In the carbine class, I was able to jump in. You know, I, I got to jump in, spend the whole day running the gun. You know, I, you, you give me you give me trigger time, and you tell me three to five. In my world, that translates to four to seven because I don't get enough trigger time. So while the rest of the class shot about seven hundred rounds, I went close to a thousand, <laughs> making up for lost time. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I did the class a couple years ago when I hosted Rob. He did a two day, and then uh, about two years ago, we did a one day. Uh, so I'm looking forward to taking it with you because Rob always refers to you as ICE's rifle guy. So I'm looking to to get a little more insight, a little more uh, extra reps and some special special uh, kung fu from you. Uh, I, hopefully I can deliver. Right? The, <laughs> we were we were at, I want to say you were actually there, Clint. We were in Milwaukee, and um, West Bend, and Rob was saying, "What did I? What have I changed my mind about?" Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember that him asking that question around the table? Like Jamie Onion was there, Barrett was there. I think mm-hmm. you were there. I and believe I'm, I was there. Yeah. We've had like, that discussion before. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like come back around to me. And then I was sitting there and I'm like, what has he changed? And I'm like, Oh, does where a rifle should be zeroed? Cause I argued with Rob from day one that, what, that a rifle should be zeroed at a hundred. And here's why. And Rob back then was the biggest room in your house guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, so uh, hopefully I can deliver. Hopefully I got some more magic in my bag. Hey, so you recently took over with Barrett on training talk, which was formerly hosted by uh, Grant Cunningham. How did that come about? When Who asked you to do that? And was this something someone talked you into? Or is this something you really wanted to do? I, I know the show's going very well for you guys. Can you talk a little more about that? Um, yeah, I we were actually in Reno doing a intuitive defensive shooting instructor development with Rob. And, you know, he's the executive editor over there at PBN. And uh, he was talking about Grant was leaving training talk. And I said, I go, why don't you just let Barrett and I take it over? I mean, we, we're together enough. Why don't you just, and it was sort of like off the cuff, kind of joking around, thinking, mm-hmm. expecting to say yeah i'm putting you on camera Derek. <laughs> uh, and then about three weeks later i get a, a text message from him saying hey what's what's so what's your first topic guys and I'm like my first topic training talk it's yours and i'm like uh, we're like okay cool and actually i didn't even tell barrett that i said this to rob so i, <laughs> I i'm like hey barrett guess what we're the, we're the new host of training talk <laughs> sort of how things work in our world right Clint? it's like yeah so what yeah, absolutely. We we need to create our own opportunities and then capitalize on them. That's sure. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Good entrepreneurs. I've been working with PDN now for, uh, God, I want to say probably six years. 
So I first started as a contributor, then I took over as a subject matter expert. So any of the videos that get put up or the articles, um, if people ask questions, it's on me to either, you know, get in touch with the contributor to get them to answer it. Or if it's something Rob did, I usually will answer it. If it's really specific, I'll get in touch with Rob. Like Clint, I've had to hit you up a couple of times and I sent you a text and you're like, Oh, I already answered it, man. So yeah. you're, you're winning the award for like my best contributor. You oh, like wow. My, you make my life really easy because you monitor your stuff. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I try to get on every so often and just check. There have been times it's gotten away from me, and I know you've covered my butt on that once or twice. But uh, yeah, it's 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 tough to keep on top on top of all those comments. Yeah, absolutely. I was saying that the other day that with uh, like we had one post on our Facebook page that went over a million, and uh, hundreds of thousands of shares and over a million uh, views on it, um, impressions, and I just couldn't even keep up with all the stuff. I mean, you literally have to have somebody full time just to keep up with something. If you get that large, you know, some of these YouTube channels that are 1.4 million or something, there's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, I, I look forward to the day that when, when meet the pressers can hire that person. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. So I have something of interest and uh, right before we started to record, I, I said, wait, I got to go get something. Many people have seen this stapler in a lot of my pictures from my classes. This is actually Derek's stapler, yeah. and uh, Rob is known for picking up staplers and carrying them with him around the country, and <laughs> a couple years ago, this one showed up at my range, and I said, Echo 5, I said, that's Derek's stapler. He says, yeah, and he says, I stole it, and then he put his sticker on it, and I see his sticker. So then I put one on it, and uh, what was supposed to happen was he was supposed to then take this next year to the next guy and then eventually it would get back to you like in 10 years or something uh, there are <laughs> 20 two, stickers <laughs> there are two staplers in in the in the pipeline but we kind of stopped doing it this year he forgot to take it or i forgot to mention it to him so i just want to let you know i've got your stapler and it's in good shape awesome yeah <laughs> I, it's got big shout out to dewalt hey dewalt if you're looking for sponsor opportunity <laughs> trigger pressers you know talk training talk we're always looking for sponsors <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for sure right? yeah this one actually has a safety device on it too so if you're not totally against the paper it won't it won't right. go so so what else is new in your world brother what what else would you like to talk about um you know well you're part of it you, you got some dsf stuff going on right you got an instructor development going in pittsburgh right and the reason i bring it up is right you asked how i got started you know in the training world i i wish something like dsf had been there when i got started right i i got started with you know basic pistol with the nra and i was lucky enough to have a mentor that like could take me above and beyond but not everybody has the opportunity to have a mentor in front of them you know, and that DSF program does a great job for getting the new instructor or the one that's been in it for a year and just doesn't know exactly what to start teaching defensively. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an outstanding program. All of the in intuitive defensive programs and the counter ambush methodology, when I first was introduced to it, I drank the Kool-Aid right away. And, and I think it is the best way to go, especially when we're talking about training the vast majority of people for using skills that are going to work the vast majority of times. And that we see from the empirical evidence that this is how people fight most of the time. So let's, let's roll with those physiological changes. Let's roll with these concepts and principles and, and help people empower them. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of training, they wait for the, like the fifth, you got to do the fifth layer to, to learn the secret formula, how to defend yourself up till then. It's like crawl, 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 walk, 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 run. And I think that does our students a disservice because the vast majority of people don't have the resources to take that much training. Right. And frankly, they don't need to necessarily to learn those skills. What they need is Again, more reps, like you said, with the two-day class, you're going to give people more reps. 
yeah, building in that, into that motor cortex. One of the things that I love about the DSF, uh, kind of like what you alluded to, uh, Clint, is a lot of the stuff that I was doing in the past, it was just intuitive. It was just natural. I was already doing like uh, bullets, bullets point, pointing back, right? Rounds facing back where, you know, the system shows rounds facing back is good where everybody else, all the other courses are saying rounds facing forward, put your finger on it and then twist your wrist. I mean, I just naturally thought less movement is going to be better. And that was one of the things that I didn't change. It was just, I just did it. And when I got into the course, I'm like, well, that makes sense. That's why I do it that way. Of all the classes you teach, do you have a favorite one that you like to teach? Oh, it might sound funny, but my favorite is the fundamentals of concealed carry. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and here's why it's, you know, I sort of got into teaching for kind of, I don't know, not selfish reasons. Maybe they are selfish reasons. I wanted to protect my own rights. And what's the best way to protect your own rights is one, spread the good word and get people out there that are safe with their gun. And they're not going to be the guy making the news, mm -hmm. you know? So every time I have a group of new shooters come in and I, you know, I talk about should versus could, you know, all, all the, those, the mental stuff, not the actual shooting, but the mental stuff, you know, we go out to the range and shoot, but I know that I've primed their brains for not doing something dumb and being hashtag Florida guy since I live in Florida. <laughs> hashtag Florida, Florida, Florida girl, right? Yeah, go ahead. If you're watching this, go Google Florida man and you will see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is Spe a thing. Speaking of uh, in the news, I have uh, I had a student text me the other day and he said that his, uh, his gun was stolen out of his truck like right then, like it was just stolen out of his truck. And uh, the, the only class he's taken with me, I think he took my, uh, well, he took DSF uh, level one twice. So he came back a second time, but he said the, he was, it was in his backpack in his vehicle and the vehicle was unlocked, but he was across the street with his back face in the truck talking to a client in the front yard. And, but he said in just that little bit of time where his back was turned, somebody walked by, reached in the truck, grabbed his backpack and stole it right there, right, you know, right with him and within eyesight of it. And uh, yeah, they recovered it. They recovered it. But the officer on the scene, he waited two hours for the officer to show up, take the statement. And the officer said that he was going to recommend to the judge to have his pistol license revoked. But, I mean, but, but we look at the car, right? What that person wasn't trying to steal his gun. They were trying to steal his backpack. Yep. He was, he was the guy that like made it a whole lot worse yep. by putting his gun into something that, you Most know, definitely. the guy looking for a quick grab and run mm -hmm. was gonna, just going to take. And no smash, just grab, right. <laughs> no, no smash and grab, just a grab and run. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that that's, that's scary. Something like that. And, and stupid things that people do. And, you know, he's beating himself up over it. And I told him that it's good that, that they recovered the firearm, but now he learned, hopefully the judge will, you know, be gracious and, and merciful to him. We had last year, we had a, uh, a gun that was stolen after a, uh, a hit and run and the accident had fallen out and uh, the gun ended up in some, somebody's hands illegally. And at two in the morning, the guy was across the street, who knows doing what, and his 10 year old, nine year old were across on the other side of the street playing with the gun and the oh, 10, yeah. 10 year old shot and killed their nine year old sibling. Well, I, I've been in the, well, I'm, I'm not right now, but there was a, a couple of years I worked in the fire department here locally and many times there'd be cars flipped over on their, on their roof and there'd be a gun in the, in the middle of the road. People would take the firearm off when they're in the vehicle. And I've always preached that a gun that is secured on my body is the safest and most secure that it can possibly be. Yep. So I never recommend doing that. I, I know some people maybe, you know, lifestyle wise, that might be a, a better option for them, but you have to be super, super vigilant if it's not on your body. I mean, that, that's something that people 
I think lose sight of. They forget that it's in the bag or they forget that it's in their pack, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. John, uh, John Korea, he's got a video of somebody doing that. It was obviously a foreign video or something, but he had it in the backpack. Guy came out, pointed at a bunch of people that were fighting. When the fight broke up, he put it back in the backpack, started walking away, and the, like five guys jumped on the guy and took his backpack away from him. I always tell people, if you have it on you, loaded, ready to use for self-defense, uh, you know, if, I'm not a big fan of off-body carry, but if you carry it in a purse or a merce, and I don't judge, guys carry merces, it's okay. Um, oh, that's a yeah. man purse, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then have it unloaded, have it locked up somewhere where bad people or people that aren't supposed to get it can't get it. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Clint. I my gun does not come off when I get in the car. I have a carry, I carry appendix and I have it set up so I can get in and out of the car. I can sit down comfortably with a good holster and it just stays where it stays. Yep. It doesn't come off. Yeah. Well, we need to, you know, not only from the aspect of it falling out or, or ending up in the hands of someone it shouldn't, uh, limiting administrative handling of that gun. So having a holster too, that when you do get home, if you choose to lock it up, so you can just take the whole gun out of the holster and put it, or the whole holster out of your rig, rather. Yep. Leave the gun in the holster and then put it into the lockbox as opposed to taking the gun out of the holster, doing all that kind of stuff. So exactly. with the options that we have available, having to thread a holster through a belt, probably not the most efficient thing that we, we can get our hands on this day and age. True. I'm a big fan of like, you know, the quick clips mm-hmm. and the pull the dots, you know, the pull the dot loops. Clint and I. Yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, if you have the right kind of belt and it's the right and the width matches the the loop or the clip, it's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, and we just so. we, we just did one actually. Uh, we make Kydex holsters, and we just did one because we just got the Taser certified to teach the Taser course in New York. So we just made that one up. Oh, nice. So yeah. left-handed. So I'm, I've got my gun here and my Taser here, so I can. So you got a, two, a, a rig of two, and you need to get pearl handles for those then if you're going to wear two on you. <laughs> two behind me, two in front of me. So, so Derek, your, uh, your mentors in the industry, I mean, you alluded to it with Rob a little bit. Who are some of the mentors in the industry that have kind of uh, helped you evolve and, and uh, be where you're at now and, and you uh, pay tribute to? Uh, well, the first guy that got me into it, uh, Craig, I, I don't know if I should say his last name. I don't know if he's still doing top secret type stuff. That's but, fair uh, enough. Yep. Craig D in Maryland. And then uh, Rob, of course, Jamie Onion played a huge part bringing me in to get me to that master instructor level on the ICE training side, teaching the DFC program, which nice. was, you know, the ICE's version of the DSF program. Mm-hmm. Th- those are my big three, but also anybody I work with, you know, that I learned from the guys that, that like, like Clint, Matt, Barrett Kendrick, you know, I work, Barrett taught me a lot about reality-based training. You know, I thought I knew reality-based training until I started working with Barrett and did a lot of work with him as one of his role players. You know, I, I played the bad guy. I played the good guy. I played the, the guy that everybody thinks is going to be the bad guy, but I'm just a standby role player in, in the scenario. So, you know, those are the guys that, you know, taught me a lot. And then my students, you know, we mm-hmm. wouldn't evolve the program without those, without those folks. Absolutely. Learn from everybody. Absolutely. Instructor being the student. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So the last thing we'd like to cover, and, and uh, you may or may not have anything to offer with this, but in, in a lot of the shows that we see on the internet, some of the ones that we've all been on, uh, politics is a no-no. You don't talk about it. But we're all for political activism, especially in regards to the Second Amendment and, and advancing the cause of liberty. What's going on in the state of Florida right now that people need to be mindful of? Um, right now in Florida, the big one is they are trying to get enough signatures to put it on the next ballot 
to outlaw assault rifles per the Florida Constitution. So they're trying to make it a constitutional amendment that assault weapons are banned in the state of Florida. Wow. And, and how do they actually define what that particular item is? Uh, that part, I don't even know yet. Right. There, there are words that are tossed out there that have a particular connotation. An assault weapon is one of those. It actually doesn't exist. It's not really a thing. Where does fully semi-automatic come from, Clint? <laughs> that, that comes from uh, from people whose sky is a different color pink than ours is, maybe. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> goodness. They're, they're pushing pretty hard with this thing because this was, I don't know, probably a good three months ago. Uh-huh. I, I was going to get new tags for my vehicle, and you know, I wanted my Marine Corps tags back. So I went up there to get an actual new metal license plate. And as I was walking in, there was a guy at a table, you know, as I was walking into the tax assessor's office and I'm like, Oh great. What does this guy want? What donation does this guy want? And he goes, and he said to me, he goes, I, I want to talk to you about uh, assault weapons. And of course I sat there and was like, Oh really? Well, what, what is an assault weapon and played completely dumb. Let him explain it to me. And then I completely assassinated his non-argument. And I had mm-hmm. a nice little crowd. And, and then as soon as I was done, you know what he did? He flipped, his, he flipped his little clipboard over and said, well, how do you feel about solar panels? I'm like, wow, <laughs> really, really dedicated what? to that assault weapons ban, aren't you? Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. So that's yeah. the kind of people they're, they're, they're yeah. doing this, you know. So luckily we just signed, the governor just signed something in Florida to prevent outside money from coming in and trying to do nonsense like this. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but uh, who, who knows where this thing's going to go. Yeah, we're well, running into the same issue here in New York with, you know, yeah. they're banning all the features and it's the same gun. It does everything the same, but all the features are banned, you know, forward grip, uh, pistol grip, stuff like that. It's yeah. the, the mini 14 that does the exact same thing isn't scary because it has a wooden stock. Right. right. So people need to stay on top of what's going on legislatively in their states here in Pennsylvania. The, the, the preeminent Second Amendment uh, organization, locally speaking, or statewide, is Firearms Owners Against Crime. What would be the uh, pro-gun or pro-liberty organization in Florida that people should look into supporting? Uh, the big one that is Florida Carry. You know, they do a lot of work for that open carry movement. Whereas, you know, I do I believe open carry should be your right? Absolutely. Do I believe that you should choose open carry over concealed carry? Absolutely not. I think concealed carry is much superior, but above and beyond that, anything to do with protecting our second amendment rights, the Florida carry group is the one that's always on top of it and really fighting hard for us down here. Cool. Cool. And you, and we know that the, uh, the birthplace of the NRA was New York and of, Unfortunately, we've digressed as a state from uh, that humble beginnings. Uh, but the uh, state-wise, it's uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association and New York Scope. Those are the two here in New York that are uh, that are working to try to do stuff. And it, some people aren't don't agree that they're doing enough, but you know, they don't step up and do stuff on their own either. Well, frankly, a, a lot of the national organizations are are not doing uh, very much locally. Yep. And in some cases, uh, the, the local organizations kind of have to try to outmaneuver those people to get anything done locally, and, and they undermine uh, some of the efforts uh, in, in the state. So, uh, yeah, it's important that the gun owners get involved with their local pro-liberty and Second Amendment organizations, that's for sure. Definitely. Now, they, they just uh, they passed a law, too, about arming teachers. Yes, um, they did. I, I don't know where it is right now. The, the anti-side of it is, you know, they, they want to say – well, a teacher shouldn't have to carry a gun. And, and I don't believe that's the way it's going. It's, you know, if right. the teacher is interested, 
in carrying a gun. They have training. But once again, you know, I'm, I'm not a big advocate for mandatory minimum training standards because right. the, that mandatory minimum is, you know, they, the person thinks they're ready to defend their own life. And, and many times they're not, you know, right. I used to teach motorcycle safety. That's when I was my first teaching job outside of the Marine Corps. I, I taught motorcycle safety for the state as a contractor. And at the end of class, you know, it was three days long. If I, if they did, if they passed their test, I would sign off their certificate. They could go get the in-class endorsement, but my, I would end every class with, okay, you've gotten your, what you need to get your in-class endorsement. You are certified to ride a motorcycle in an empty parking lot, no higher than second gear and no faster than 20 <laughs> miles an hour. If you think that is right. enough training to go jump on Route 95 or 695 around the Washington Beltway or the Baltimore yeah. Beltway, you might want to rethink how you assess your risk. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's like a great way. just because you have a black belt doesn't mean you're a black belt. Right, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Derek, tell us how people can get a hold of you or see what's going on in your world and with your with your classes and your business. Um, you can find me at e the number five training.com. That's my website, which I finally, finally, finally got up and running. <laughs> like Clint's been bugging me about this for a while now. <laughs> finally got that up and fully functional. Or they can send an email to me at uh, D pool, P O O L E at E C H O the number five.com. Cool. And how do they get, learn more information about your show on PDN? The PDN show, you can go to the personal defense networks page on Facebook or they can go to personaldefensenetwork.com and under the menu uh, item that says blog, just click there and you'll see the training talk entry. And you click over there, you can find all of our past shows and what our, new, what our next upcoming show is. And now what frequency are you guys going to be airing episodes? Frequency. Well, uh, how often do you do a show? Like what? Oh, 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 frequency. I, I'm like, I'm seeing Radio. I'm, 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 I'm looking at all that high tech stuff behind yeah. him. And I'm like, like frequency. frequency. I don't know. That's your position. I don't know <laughs> what hurts we're talking about. Um, oh, goodness. Right now, right now we're doing it the first Thursday of every month. Unless the first Thursday falls on a, on a holiday. But yeah, first Thursday of the month is generally when we try to drop them. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure to have you on, Derek. Uh, I know we've uh, we've had dinner together at one of the USCCA uh, events there, and and I definitely uh, enjoyed the the witty banner and the and the communicating between each other. So, I'll hopefully, have you up here in New York, the uh, the unfree state. Hopefully, working to become free again, and behind enemy lines, have you come up here and maybe host you for some classes as well. That'd be awesome. You know, a lot of people say. You know, why do you go to the anti-gun states? Let me tell you something. Those of us that live in the pro-gun states, you need to take a lesson from the anti-gun states with the pro-gunners because the USCCA was just out in California doing a DSF level one mm -hmm. instructor development. I want to say it was 20 to 22 people on the line, you know, that, that wanted to become instructors in the state of California. Rob goes to New York every year and teaches. Those classes are sold out. They're the first ones sold out. So yeah. those of us in the pro-gun states, we need to get on board with, uh, dedicated being dedicated to training like those in the anti-gun states yeah. thanks right. for having me on guys i really Thank appreciate you. it it was a good time i always enjoy getting on the on the on the line talking with like-minded individuals and guys i call friends so i appreciate amen. it amen to that all right take care brother we'll see you next time all right thanks guys Meet the Pressers. This episode of Meet the Pressers is brought to you by Saber Red, Got Your Six, Power Tack Flashlights, and Lee Armory. 
Thank you. One of our new supporters for the show is a company called Got Your Six out of Phoenix, Arizona. And what they make are these cool things. Now you might say, gee, that's just another 30 round PMAG style magazine. Not so. Not so. They're a PMAG style magazine, but it is a survival kit. 10 round magazine and it breaks apart into a survival magazine. There it goes. Okay. And you have a survival kit in the bottom of the magazine that will save your life if need be. Great way for those anti-gun states to, uh, to utilize a full-size magazine. I, I don't know about you, Clint, but I'm on the range and if I have a 10-round magazine in my, my AR, I don't want to have to, uh, to uh, I like using that magazine support sometimes for different things. My, you know, the front of my hand, I'm uh, supporting it on benches, counters, stuff like that can, can be somewhat of a benefit. So not having that and jumping back and forth between a 30 and a 10 can be a little bit cumbersome and change the consistency of things. So having that magazine as such uh, with a survival on the bottom, you're still for civilians. Cause can, uh, oh, that's right up there. Only, only special people with flashy lights and badges can have <laughs> magazines with more than 10 rounds in it, right? Or seven. Yeah. So one benefit of this is definitely you can use your your regular gear, your regular yep. pouches and stuff that are designed yep. for maybe a larger magazine if you're shooting smaller mags. Uh, you know, some, like for instance, Project Appleseed, because we shoot basically a course of fire that you would use with an M1 Garand, you know, it's like load two and eight. Yep. And a lot of times people don't like to use the, uh, the full magazines because you're putting two and eight into an older style magazine, it might potentially be prone to malfunction. So the tighter springs and the smaller mags some folks get into. Yep. Pretty cool thing. You know, when I lived in California many years ago, back where we weren't allowed to have 30-round magazines, I probably would have bought one of these just because it's that size. You know, ooh, look at me. I got something cool. that's the same yeah. size of 30-rounder. Yeah, and you're still legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The stuff inside of it's pretty cool. Uh, and it's your standard, you know, survival stuff. Like back when we were kids, when everyone had the big Rambo knives that yeah, unscrewed and you put all the compass. stuff in there. Yep. Yep, same, same kind of stuff that's in there. Actually, a little more, more in here than what you might find in one of those old survival knives. American-made product by a good company. That, that is awesome. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next episode's uploaded. Until next time. Adieu. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. I like that. Meet the Pressers.